This is Sex and Science Hour with Brian Sovereign and Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Get your freak on. Get your freak on, indeed. <laughs> yes, you were. That's a lot of junk. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, we were uh, doing our typical showtime ritual of twerking in the studio Absolutely. to the theme music. Yeah, I mean, you can dance to the Russian march. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, we can dance to anything. Or the and Soviet we, march. We do. And uh, that, the reason is because we are doing the show from our standing desks. That's right. I feel more energized already. I, like, I've been standing on this mat, you know, that gives you a little cushion. And yeah. Got the microphone right up, you know, standing height, the computer, all that business. So we really love our standing desks. We just, you know, did that as a health thing because it's it doesn't feel good to sit all day. No, <laughs> no, definitely not. And it's fun to, you know, dance a little even when there isn't music. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, we've got a fun show planned today. We're actually pre-recording this because by the time you hear this episode, we will probably be in, oh gosh, where will we be? We're going Toronto. to... <laughs> Yeah, we're recording this before a, a, a spate of traveling. We're going to the Inside Bitcoins New York City conference, um, the 7th and 8th of April, which will right. be before this airs. So you won't care about that because it's already passed by. And uh, but then, then we'll, we'll be at the Bitcoin Expo. Yeah, in Toronto. in Toronto. And I mean, I am so excited about this. This is really premier event. In my opinion. Me too. And, you know, we usually do uh, uh, conference wrap-ups. When we go to Bitcoin conferences together, Brian, yeah. you and I, um, we usually do conference wrap-ups on your podcast, which is Sovereign Tech. Right. And it's spelled just like your last name, S-O-V-R-Y-N Tech.com. And you can find your all the episodes there. So we'll probably do a wrap-up of um, these conferences, I imagine, on Sovereign Tech when we Yeah, get back. definitely. Definitely. We'll, we'll respond to both of them. Yeah. So this is a little weird talking about these conferences that are happening in the future from when we're recording this, but in the past from when this is going to air. Uh, I've <laughs> gone cross-eyed. <laughs> yeah, me too. So we might as well just get into the uh, show prep. Yeah, but let's just, do this. Just to let you know, Enough we are kind of <laughs> doing, uh, doing this a little pre-recorded, but we've still got a lot to talk about. So anyway, Brian, Harvard has uh, skin books. Did you know this? What do you mean? Like books like, about epidermal? <laughs> no, not dermatology books. Um, books that are bound with human flesh. Whoa. Yeah. Now, Harvard is kind of an interesting place. Like, oh, we, I'll say. We, <laughs> it is. You know, there's a lot of like myth and legend that surrounds Harvard. And of course, it's a I very old institution. Myth, yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, this is not myth. Um, they have three books in their library, and this has been getting a lot of press recently. But um, they've got three books in their library that are actually bound with human skin. Which apparently was a common practice in like the 1600s and yeah. during that time. This is, it's, what is it, anthropodermic Anth biblio... Yeah, an biblio anthropodermic bibliopagy. Yeah, well, I think we got Say that right. Say that three times fast. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, have, I have actually heard about this being done and it's really not that arcane. Like, and a lot of people think that this is some kind of... Uh, it sounds pretty arcane to me. <laughs> right, well, they, they think it's like evil. Well, unfortunately, the joke's on them because the first book ever that this was ever done to was oh, a... Well, let me guess, a Christian book? The Bible. The Bible. In France. <laughs> yeah. You know, France being that... that really the, the bastion of forward thinking and really is um that, that was the first place that it that it was done wow yeah they say this was actually like a common thing in like doctors uh, or people who were um doing anatomical dissections because they, they didn't really have like doctors sure. as we would think of them back then but like anatomists would bind the medical textbooks with the skin of the cadavers 
because well, recycle, like, reduce, what else reuse. are you going to use, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about going green on the last yeah, show. This is you green know, as this it gets. is as green as it gets, right? Well, it may <laughs> so, not. So, what books did they have? Like, what are these books? Um, so, there's the three books that Harvard has in their library. Are a, one of them's about Roman, a book of Roman poetry. Oh, the fitting. second one is a book about French philosophy, and the third one is a treatise on medieval Spanish law. And that one was actually bound by the flesh of a person who was flayed alive. And there's oh. an inscription in the back of the book, and guess what? It says, "This the binding of this book is all that remains of my dear friend Jonas Wright, who was flayed alive by the Wavuma on the fourth day of August, sixteen thirty-two." King Mbessa did give me the book, it being one of the poor Jonas' chief possessions, together with ample of his skin to bind it. Rest in peace. Oh, now, he poor have, Jonah. Yeah, I, I've heard cases where they where people requested this upon their death. So I don't well, know. Well, it's one thing upon your death, but another y- thing when you're yeah, alive. Yeah, well, but I mean, like, I'm, this might be the same case. I don't remember if, if this is the case where it's the person who, before he went on a crime spree, he mm-hmm. actually, his last will and testament essentially said, please, you know, buying this book of mine with my own skin. Wow. Yeah. Anyone out there think that's romantic? I just think it's kind of <laughs> creepy. I mean, do you well, think it's appropriate for them to hang on to these? Like, is this just a barbaric, weird like uh, I mean, historicity kind history. of, yeah, historicity kind of changes the game. I don't think that it's, it's not something I would want practice now, but of course the question becomes how different, how different is this from leather bound books? That that's just the tanned yeah, skin of a, of a cow. Whose skin is it, right? You know, yeah. uh, and so, you know, are humans more special, et cetera? Well, I mean, you know, people can have their different arguments on that. I'm kind of intrigued. I, I mean, I feel more special than cows. Yes. Yeah. I think, yes. I think we are more special. <laughs> that's than right. Cows. So we're not going to make baseball gloves out of humans. But, you, you know, <laughs> I mean, the more interesting ones is I, I've heard cases where uh, some of the books of Marquis de Sade, in particular, Justine, there's oh. a copy of Justine that's that or a series of uh of books uh, you know uh, or of justine yeah where it was actually specifically made out of the flesh of female breasts and in fact one of them even has nipples oh on it my still. god that's so Some creepy of the of Ew, yeah. that's so weird so marquis de Sade is pretty far out yes he was <laughs> oh my i mean there's not m- really much to say about that story except that it's just really weird yeah and yeah but it's a good question is it like, it's like do you think it's cultural relativism do you know like like okay what if they had for instance this is a sensitive subject for what if they had other artifacts bound in human skin like for instance lampshades do you think uh, people would be calling for them to give them up you know yeah i'd boy I, I don't know. Yeah. We, I mean, we have we have some odd thoughts. You know, humanity in general has some odd thoughts on the dead, and so I, you know, I kind of I wonder. I, it's it's a good question, but it's not something I think with an actual answer. Mm. There's a good reason to be weirded out by death, right? Because like in most of evolutionary history, like you wouldn't want to go near a corpse no. because that could make you really sick. No, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's good to be. I mean, we we've evolved. It seems to fear certain things: snakes, spiders. Mm. Uh, scientifically, that's proven. Yeah, that we're totally. afraid of those things evolutionarily, and I think you know being afraid of of corpses is a very healthy thing to to have. Right, so, but it it becomes this cultural taboo to even talk about death. You know, like it's right. it's one thing to be afraid of a corpse, but it's another thing to be afraid of even thinking about the idea of death when in fact death is actually a very natural thing that is going to happen to everybody yeah, a, a corpse is unhealthy but talking about de- death i think is, is very, very healthy. healthy and accepting death yeah. is a very healthy 
thing. Um, of course, it's okay to not accept death and say, I'm going to figure out how we can live for thousands of years. Please do so. But, <laughs> you know, don't do that and, and not have a good understanding of what death is. Well, know? it's going to happen to some people you know in the meantime, probably. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> right? So anyway, um, speaking of other crazy, weird things happening in <laughs> Massachusetts, um, have you heard about this divorce bill? Well, like the 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 bastion of progressivism <laughs> and liberalism of Massachusetts, uh, they have a bill in their legislature going through the sausage making factory where um, there's somebody who a politician who wants divorcing parents to get a permission slip. Actually, I think they would just be banned. Like <laughs> the point of issuing a permission slip is so you can say no. Right. But he just he wants to ban divorcing parents from having any kind of sexual or romantic relationships in their homes with anybody else until all custody and um, property. Until all the legal business is worked out. Exactly. Even until a divorce is final and all the custody and financial issues are resolved. You know, speaking of arcane and antiquated and things, practices that need to stop. Oh, yes. You know. (laughs) Are you talking about marriage or the divorce laws? All of the above, you know. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's very, it's a very interesting example of what happens when the state is a a third party to a relationship between two people. Yeah, I mean, if people want to make us make a strong statement of some degree of exclusivity between each other, go ahead. But to have the government, the government has no business in in marriage. And they can always uh, enforce it and put in place whatever kind of rules they want. I mean, some states in the U.S. actually have laws that if you want to get divorced, if you've been married to someone, um, you can't get divorced for like, there's like a waiting period of two years. You have to live separated for two years before the divorce can be finalized. Ridiculous. And it's like this weird thing like, well, you don't really know what you want. You don't really want to get divorced. Come on, you know, try to work it out. It's like this artificial incentive to try to keep together a relationship where perhaps the people involved have already decided that they want it to end and it's mutual but they have to live separately and then they can't have sex with anybody else and right it's just this this very um paternalistic but idea. just how how bad have we gotten to where we have to ask other people or to where there's people who think that this is okay to ask other people that are quote-unquote above us mm-hmm. the government okay to have sex <laughs> no way man well brian it's for the children just like everything else it's for the children uh, it's for the it's... protection of kids it's very traumatic and it please i think it it is like it sure. probably is very traumatic if you're a kid sure. you don't know what's going on your parents get divorced and all of a sudden your dad or your mom is um having strange people over to spend the night with them i mean that's like that's probably yeah. confusing in some cases and you know every case is different some parents are probably better at talking to their kids about that than others um but Come on, asking this for a state permission slip yeah. or the state banning those relationships, yeah. that is not the answer. No, it's not. A, it's, the state's not an answer to anything, but certainly it's not an answer, you know, in, in this case. I mean, frankly, like if, if this were, you know, I agree in our conventional society, having a, suddenly a new sexual partner into the field, especially. Uh, during you know traumatic times as divorces are and they are for kids um, which may be a good reason to either a avoid getting married in the first place or b avoid having children Mm -hmm. Um, but i mean if i were the judge i would be far more concerned about you know the (laughs) i mean well then now what they're going to do is go to some lengths to hide it from their kids so they're going to be having essentially an affair where they like leave the kid alone and then that's going to be traumatic too eh? exactly i mean the unseen 
Yeah. No one talks about the unseen consequences. And, and how intrusive things. in your life would the state have to get in order to enforce this? You know what I mean? Like how much spying and how much like snitching by neighbors is, well, I saw a strange car at Brian's house last night and he's still technically married and Damn. his custody hasn't been worked out yet. So, you know, we're going to report him to the judge. I mean, it's really just, it seems like in practice, it would probably just be something that um, the spouse could hold against the other ex-spouse in a divorce court. Right. You know what I mean? Like that would be hanging over their head. Right. Absolutely. And that's not, does that help the kids? No. Uh, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't help the kids to turn divorce, to make divorce any harder than it already is. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, and I'm not advocating people stay together for the children because you're going to, in my opinion, when you're dealing in a divorce, when you're dealing in an, in an unhappy relationship, the kids are going to pick up on every ounce of of that unhappiness that yeah, you're projecting. Even if you quote, stay get together. out of that relationship, please. Or at least talk to your kids and say, look, we're going to stay together, but we're not, we don't love. We don't, you know, I mean, do something. You've got to be honest with them. You cannot live a lie. Mm. The kids are going to pick up on that in no time. Yeah. I mean, I, I would advocate being really thoughtful and really careful about yeah. who you um, com- have a committed relationship with, especially if there are kids involved, yeah. you know, it's, and it's one thing for yourself, but when there are other human beings that are affected by it too, there becomes an, an extra layer of like yeah. potential for, you know, doing harm. So just choose wisely, you yeah, know, with this, your partner. <laughs> this is a situation where education is key, not laws. Laws are just, are just making things. I, I just, yep. I can't even picture it having to ask any time for permission uh, other than the person I'm engaging in it with for sex. Yeah. Well, speaking of asking for permission, there is a guy in Georgia who <laughs> this is this story is nuts. So he he's a stepfather. OK, he comes home and he finds his stepdaughter and her boyfriend in the shower together. And they were teenagers. It doesn't this doesn't say exactly how old they were, but I'm going to just assume that they were, you know, 16 or 17, something like that. Maybe even younger. Sure. And um, so, yeah, so above the age of 16, but under the age of 18. And he heard them, I guess, in the bathroom. He waited on the couch for them to get out. And then he beat up physically the boy. Who was so his stepdaughter's boyfriend. I had heard something about this story. He thought maybe her, his daughter was talking on a speakerphone yeah. in the shower, and mm. then she comes out, and then a he comes out. Right. And he just instantly gets up off the couch, runs over, and starts you know beating the crap out of this, this kid. Yeah. Um, he slammed him into a wall and punched him repeatedly in the face and chest. I mean, that is extremely violent uh, behavior. And for what? For being, for having sex with a, a child, you know, like his stepdaughter? That yeah. makes no sense. As if he owns her. Like he owns her vagina? Right. I mean, what kind of... And why not? Like if it was his stepdaughter, why didn't he, why did he beat up the boy and not her? Is There's just so many levels And we wrong. don't want anybody getting beat up. Make no, no mistake. <laughs> no, not at all. But yeah. um, the story is just so many degree, degrees of nuts. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, looks like we're out of time for this segment, but uh, there's more coming up here on Sex and Science Hour. Sex and Science Hour is part of the Let's Talk Bitcoin network, and we are so excited. Wait, wait, wait a minute. What's Bitcoin? What's Bitcoin? What's Bitcoin? Well, you'll have to listen to Let's Talk Bitcoin to find out. It's a twice-weekly podcast, and you can find it at letstalkbitcoin.com. Okay, I gotta know. Yeah, you really should probably get on that. It has a whole network? Yeah, we're part of it. How did I not know about this? You must have missed the memo that we were on their network. Anyway, now back to Sex and Science Hour. 
Here at Sex and Science Hour, we love EasyDNS. They let you register domains, handle security for your website, email addresses, pretty much anything related to DNS or domain names, they can do it. They have a friendly staff of actual human beings, so if you need customer support, they will always be there for you. Plus, they are outspoken advocates for your internet freedom. And they take Bitcoin, of course. They now have fully managed WordPress and web hosting too, so you can do everything you need related to your website from EasyDNS. Take a look at their website at easydns.com. We think you'll like what you see. Trust easydns.com for your DNS and web hosting needs. Now back to Sex and Science Hour. Welcome back to Sex and Science Hour. I am Stephanie, you are Brian. Of course. And uh, Brian, I've got a rant I want to go on. Is that all right with you? Rant away. (laughs) You kind of like it when I do that. I love it when you rant. It's one of the beauties (laughs) of living with you. (laughs) You might want to rant too after you hear this actually, because so something I've noticed is that you don't hear this talked about a lot. You hear a lot of talk about in the Bitcoin world. It's like, oh, Overstock.com and Tiger Direct and what are some of the other big retail stores that accept Bitcoin? You know, just like all these. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch. Yeah, all know. these places where you can buy like stuff for the home or like just general store stuff. All of which is pretty exciting. Oh, absolutely. Like right. all of that's great. You know, I've used it. I, I'm happy yeah. about that. Gift.com getting Walmart cards. I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was big news. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the thing you don't hear talked about, which I think is like a pretty big deal, but nobody's talking about it, is there's a uh, porn.com. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, FetLife. And then some other giant like porn or sex related website that accept Bitcoin too. I imagine there's ones we probably haven't heard of, but a lot of those also keep in mind like porn websites cover like like porn.com has mm-hmm. a bunch of subsidiaries. It's how the business works. Right. Like porn.com has like lethal interracial, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a whole slew of different ones. Um, you know, right. But if they're the parent- my mommy, I mean. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're the parent company, then parent company uh <laughs> then you know then all of that means all of their subsidiaries would would also be using bitcoin too exactly okay so i haven't checked this out for myself but like okay cupid is another company they're not like a sex website but they're a right. dating website and they were one of the first um to jump on board with accepting bitcoin back when it was like 10 bucks yeah yeah and uh you know i just it's nobody's talking about those things and i think they're just as exciting as overstock or or tiger direct I agree. I, I think, I mean, honestly, por- the porn industry, I mean, and I don't want to get into a rant about the porn industry in general. I'm just, I'll just say that I think it's gotten lazy over the past decade. Um, but the porn industry has... It's not, it's not like the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> well, it used to be high art and they kind of, they're kind of slacking. But right. anyway, but the porn industry has always been at the forefront of technology of technological change i mean always and they're still doing it clearly i mean with accepting bitcoin in fact you know this is interesting i mean that that we found this out because i was recently you know just a few months ago you know complaining saying why isn't the porn industry in with bitcoin this should be they are it's just but, nobody but wants are, to talk n- about it and i think it's because they're ashamed it's sure. like well how do you know that porn.com takes bitcoins sure you know? right <laughs> i actually know because somebody a friend told me who's into the right. bitcoin world but like you know people are just afraid to say it and you're right brian like the sex industry and the porn industry does drive technological change oh yeah and they've been doing it for a long time because back in the you know 1850s or whatever when the gold rush was happening in the in north america you know people were going to california and it was you know primarily single men who were going there and panning for gold and they ended up amassing a lot of wealth and 
pretty soon a wave of sex workers followed them. Yeah. And they actually became the ones who amassed the real wealth back in the in the Wild West. And they started um, bars and institutions and they had there was this like whole culture that they that was really driven by these female entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Uh, photography. I, I think porn was quintessential in its acceptance. Oh, in all definitely. different types. Videography. You name it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, movies. The first movie was The Kiss. <laughs> you know, which was, you know, however many seconds long of two people kissing. I guarantee that camera kept rolling. <laughs> and, and it went a lot farther than that, you know. And uh, I mean, this is what porn does. And it's such a shame because I wonder how important, and nobody noticed it happen, how, how many times price the price of Bitcoin spiked mm. up once porn.com and some of these other uh, com- companies took it on. Mm, that's you know, an because interesting then question. it brought on a lot of real value for a lot of real people and this uh, happened months ago by the way yeah. like i think i found out about this back in december or january well hey so. december we were at 1200 yeah i i funny. it's funny but at the same time i wonder <laughs> if it's not so funny that that once the porn industry accepted it hey value goes way up right. and that's okay porn is not some kind of bad thing but it is insulting in the industry uh for like coindesk to not talk about it mm. uh, for go down the, you know, I don't know. Or if to, even, you know, like if it does get coverage, it seems like it gets this like, like, ooh, this is a bad scandalous thing. Yeah, like, yeah. like Bitcoin sexy side or something like that. You know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. but it's not. It's just another type of store that's selling stuff. And actually, Bitcoin probably fits really well because the people who are using Bitcoin to purchase adult um, entertainment online, maybe they want to keep uh, a little bit more private. Maybe they don't want to send their sure. credit card to some website, you know. Yeah. Uh, or, I mean, one of, the, you know, one of the first Bitcoin industries available were, was cam girls. You yeah. Know, we, really. Yeah. I know somebody who, who did that. You, we, we both do. And uh, but she here, was doing it when Bitcoins were under $5. So good for her. Yeah, I hope absolutely. she still has those Bitcoins. You yeah. Know? Be, at, be at the forefront of that industry. But here's, here's what I wonder about is that how exactly, like what company was so early on that allowed for entrepreneurs, especially when Bitcoin was under $5, to accept Bitcoin? Oh, well. I remember back in, it, it had to be like before 2012, I think it might have been even been like 2011 yeah. or early 2012, um, when BitPay first came out, and they're now one of the biggest, they're like the PayPal of Bitcoin, like they help so many merchants um, accept Bitcoin. Oh yeah. When their website first came out, it had uh, strippers on it. It was all pictures of women. Wait a minute, you're telling me an upstanding organization <laughs> like BitPay... Well, yes, and they are an upstanding organization, but when they first came out, their website was all pictures of women. And of course, that has changed, you know, and why why did they change it? I don't know. I mean, I actually remember, you know, I'm not too easily offended or anything like that, but I remember looking at their website and I was like, guys, seriously, like this <laughs> this looks like a porn site. You know, it doesn't look like a Bitcoin payment wait site. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We're talking about BitPay here. <laughs> yes, we are. And I'm sorry, but it's just true. You know, I don't know if anybody has a screen cap of that, but like... <laughs> don't be sorry. I, I think it's fine in <laughs> No, I'm not sorry because that that is like, that was the history. And yes, yeah, so perhaps they've changed or whatever. But I'm just saying like, why is everyone ashamed to kind of talk about the things that... Are, the intersection between Bitcoin and, and sex. sex or sex work? Are they afraid it's going to be, ooh, the shadowy underworld currency of drug dealers and strippers and things like that? I mean... No, if anything, it just it's another 
area that Bitcoin is useful in, and we yeah. should talk about it. No, that's my it, rant. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it highlights pretty pretty well, you know, because it's always that's how Bitcoin started getting reported was well, it's for it's for sex, it's for drugs, yeah. it's for uh, you know, go down the list of illicit or you know Actually, terrible they, things to do. I didn't really hear them say sex. I heard them say, well, yeah, it's, it's the drugs. currency of money launderers and drug dealers. Right, but the point <laughs> I want to bring up is, look, all these laws against you know sex work against uh, you know i mean in the u.s there's only two states where porn is legally able to be filmed that's california and one of them is new, new hampshire, hampshire <laughs> <laughs> where we live <laughs> right so but with all these laws guess what you don't stop anything because that was their whole thing is oh it's this million dollar billion dollar industry with bitcoin yeah. and it grew out of drugs and it grew out of this and that and it's like well clearly your laws are meaningless they don't <laughs> stop sh- Right. You know, and, and, and that's I love that it shows that. Well, and speaking of iconoclastic things where uh, norms and rules are being broken, did you hear about this little girl who got kicked out of her school because they told her that she looked too much like a boy, like she didn't want to wear dresses and she had short hair and stuff like that? What? Yeah, well, she was going to a Christian school. And her parents received a letter saying that this Christian school is a religious Bible-believing institution providing education in a Christian environment and that they have the right to refuse enrollment for students who condone sexual immorality, practice a homosexual lifestyle or gender or alternative gender identity. And uh, the letter said it quoted some Bible verses. And then it said, oh, we, boy. we believe that unless Sunny as well, Sunny's the little girl's name, as well as her family clearly understand that God has made her female and her dress and behavior need to follow suit with her God ordained identity, that this is not, that the school is not the best place for her future education. All right. Look, Jesus had long hair. What are you going to do about that? <laughs> and you know, and that's not even like, okay, yeah, we don't have photographs of Jesus. Fine. And if you want to go into the argument of did he even exist, we can, you know, that's a whole other story. But let's just say he existed. Let's just say he did, you know, he was a good little Jewish boy and he did everything that, that you know, he did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he was a Nazarene, which means that he took an oath of a Nazarite, which means like Samson, who was of Nazareth, you know, Samson wouldn't cut his hair. Mm-hmm. That became like... That, that became what's known as like the oath of the Nazarene, where Nazarene men didn't cut their hair. Oh, Jesus had long hair. That's why we that's why all these even though we have no picture of him, n- not talking about the Shroud of Turin. OK, uh, but we know he was white and blonde haired and blue eyed. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but we know he had long hair. What are you going to do? You know, I mean, Jesus walks in with long hair. What, you know right. what I mean? I, <laughs> come on. Yeah, uh, this is so nitpicky. This is so uh, uh subjective yeah it's it's weird i mean to think that an eight-year-old little girl with the short haircut could be a threat to like these people's world is kind of just i feel bad for her i'm sorry you know this happened to her now she's at a different school and she said she the parents say that she's really heartbroken that she really wants to go back to that school but well that school would have had jesus cut his hair too (laughs) i just I, i think it's just it's so it's so ridiculous i mean all these ideas that people talk about it's like you know, well, because the same logic is, is that, well, a girl is supposed to have long hair. Okay, well, then, you know, like, that's just the way they've evolved. Well, then men shouldn't shave because you're you're going against nature in, in shaving, right? It's, yeah, it seems super arbitrary. Oh, like just, that, that's the word I was looking for, arbitrary, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. I've had from some friends who went to, you know, Catholic school and they, like, they were women and they had to wear skirts whether it was cold out or what. Right. And then uh, one of them actually got told that, like, God wanted her to shave her legs because she's wearing a skirt. That's ridiculous. 
Yeah. You, you know, actually, and that's just one school, of course. But you know, like, I, I just the, why don't we stop? Like, I'm not trying to bash on Christians here. No. Like, obviously, these are just some people that have some ideas that you know I I would really dispute. But the whole notion of gender roles, anyway, like, why do why is it important to fit in with certain arbitrary ways of how a woman or a man should look, right? Oh yeah, it's. I don't think it's important at all. It's all a facade. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in particular, like the thing with, with shaving her legs, God said to do that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm because, pretty sure God said not to shave anything. Right? Well, a- actually, I mean, yeah. If you go by, you know, by Torah, but right. but actually, I mean, the the shaving of legs and of body parts that started in France, mm-hmm. okay, with <laughs> with prostitutes. Wow. You know, yeah. because that was their that was their trade and so they made it look as appealing as possible. So, you know, 150 years ago, if you shaved your legs, you were considered a that hooker. Was sinful. Yeah. So what is this? How did the times change? Is this just, it just shows how all how arbitrary all of this is. Oh yeah. And absolutely oh, r- ridiculous. Yeah, look how you want to look and don't worry about it. I mean, just, just some of it. these things can be such a burden when you're like when you feel like you're expected to look a certain way and maybe you don't like that or enjoy it. And it's fine if you do. Like if you if you're a woman, you like to put on makeup, you like to wear high heels, totally fine, of course. Yeah. But as long as it's your genuine choice yeah (laughs) yeah because it sounds so much like the military where like why Mm. does the military have guys get haircuts and all this stuff believe me it's not battlefield anything it's to make you to to you know eliminate your individuality yeah to make you think as a unit yeah and how dare you put that on a kid you know in with this instance oof Right. Absolutely. I think these are probably some of the same people who would, you know, like in China, they have some schools where like you have to have this, the girls all have to have like the same haircut. Right. Um, it's not much different than that, really. Right. Absolutely. Anyway, um, moving on, we've got another article here about uh, people who claim to know best for you. What is best <laughs> for you? Uh, this this has to do with sex and science because it's well, it's about sociology, but it's also about kids and having kids. And it's something that's come up a couple of times on the show. You and I, Brian, are child-free or childless by choice. We've made that decision for ourselves based yes. on a lot of research and thinking about it and so forth. But uh, there's an author, Rehan Salam, writing for Slate. And uh, Rehan says that, and I'm sorry, I'm not sure what gender Rehan is, but Rehan says that uh, parents you know, are doing everyone a favor by contributing to the future economy of the country and Rayhan thinks the government wastes tax money but the least we could do is kind of subsidize the parents and make it a little fairer okay first, the non-parents have all this free time they can be traveling around they can be working they can have all this freedom and do whatever they want and you know they should really be forced to pay higher taxes for that <laughs> just listen to how this person is describing the purpose of children yeah, future That's workers. Scary. Yeah, they're That's not people. Real, no, right. And, and, <laughs> and we've talked about this a lot in this episode. But really, the key to everything is just treat kids like a human being. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and to to treat. I mean, to talk about them this way. I don't want them to talk about an adult this way, but to talk about kids that way. Yeah. Oh boy. It's it's kind of scary. And you know, like just the the mental gymnastics that this person is going through, it's a choice to have kids just as much as it's a choice not to have kids. Yeah. Right? And every time you start subsidizing certain choices, well, you're going to get more of that, right? And uh, that's not the best... People already know best what to do with their own bodies and their own lives. Yeah, absolutely. And like we've said before, you know, not the choice to not have kids is not an anti-kid action. It's a pro-child action. 
So why would you punish people for being pro-child? Good question. There's more coming up on Sex and Science Hour. Sex and Science Hour is looking for sponsors. We do our best to do an entertaining show that is heard by thousands of people each week. Do you have a project, business, product, or service that could match our audience's interests? Let us know. Contact Brian at letstalkbitcoin.com to find out more. That's Brian with an I at letstalkbitcoin.com. Here at Sex and Science Hour, we really appreciate your support. We've received tips from listeners, not just in Bitcoin, but with other altcoins. Those are always listed in our show notes in case you want to send us a tip, which we thank you for very, very much. If you don't have Bitcoins, altcoins, or you just want to send us a tip in a way that's free to you, all you have to do is click on something, then you can help us out. Simply do your normal shopping on Amazon through our Amazon affiliate links. Those are listed in our show notes, and we've got Amazon US, UK, and Canada for you. Thank you so much for all your support. And now, back to the show. This is Sex and Science Hour! Yeah. The Wild West of Bitcoin Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> right, Brian? I like that. That's pretty good. Cool. Well, maybe we got a new tagline then. Yeah, that works for me. Yeah, there's not much point in having a tagline when it changes basically every show. This is something I found out in my career as a podcaster. <laughs> I've been podcasting since 2009, and my very first podcast, like, I, <laughs> it was actually kind of like this show. I had a, a podcast partner, and we pretty much changed the tagline, like, every single show, and so it became like a running gag, because how can you have a tagline that <laughs> changes right, every use, time? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, for my own show, Sovereign Tech, I have quite a few, and they they stuck. Yeah. They all stuck pretty good. Golden, Golden Stallion. Stallion of the tech world. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a, a few others. Rembrandt of the podcast canvas. You're very proud of those, aren't you? I, I love them. Came up with them myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a listener email to uh, show at sexandsciencehour.com where you can email us too with your questions, comments, relationship issues, what have you. Um, we got an email from a listener saying uh, it was about like basically kind of nuts and bolts like how do we how do they subscribe to our podcast feed and he said that he uses antenna pod for android and he wanted to subscribe to our podcast feed but he really like likes our show the best and he wants to just get our show we don't have a separate feed for our show unfortunately we are just not on, yet not yet there's there may be there's talk of a hard fork at some point <laughs> uh, which makes us an alt cast right uh no th there's talk of a hard fork at some point um to where the let's talk bitcoin podcast feed is going to be split off and you can subscribe individually but for now it's just at letstalkbitcoin.com it's the regular podcast feed right. which contains let's talk bitcoin and mad money machine and bitcoins and gravy and ed and ethan they're all really good shows so i mean it's you know happy subscribing to those because they're all good too but if you want to listen to every episode of sex and science hour you can always go to soundcloud and soundcloud yeah. does have an app where you can follow us uh on soundcloud and so you know you can just pick and choose the ones you want to listen to there and that should go all the way back to the beginning yeah soundcloud's a really nice option i can understand if you're on a like a limited data plan and you listen to it say while you're at work or something oh, like yeah. that you would want it offline mm -hmm. my my real recommendation would be to grab a pocket cast mm -hmm. which is an app on android beautiful beautiful app you do have to pay for it if you didn't want to pay for one there's uh uh, well, crap, now I can't think of the name of the <laughs> other one. Um, but anyway, I, you might want to try a different uh, podcast app is essentially my, my recommendation. Pocket mm. Cast is the best. And I actually, I have the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network in Pocket Cast. 
and uh, it will it allows you to see plenty of episodes. Cool, uh, which is really really handy. And again, it's just it's a beautiful beautiful app to use. Yeah, so, podcasting feeds can be tricky to get to work on everybody's device. I mean, this it, is very true. They're very finicky, and especially since FeedBurner stopped supporting stopped up supporting it. Right. Well, it stopped getting updates. FeedBurner yeah. still works, but that's um, uh, Google's service to create RSS yeah. feeds. So. Um, I don't know if that's very helpful, but if we don't get our hard fork soon enough, what I will do is use Yahoo Pipes, which is right. Yahoo Pipes is pretty cool. It, it um, actually can filter RSS feeds, so you can actually build a custom RSS feed. So, for instance, I can take the Let's Talk Bitcoin podcast feed and I can say only show me the shows that have sex and science hour as their title. Right. And, uh, or, or only show me the shows that are published on a Thursday or something like that. Right. And that'll give me basically a feed of sex and science hour. So I will do that at some point if we don't get our hard fork, uh, coming yeah, and served up to us. <laughs> right. And we'll get a website, a more traditional website. Yeah. Lots we've of got things se- coming. We've, so we got sex and science hour.com and it's just kind of a placeholder right now. I right. haven't had time to like build an actual website, but you know, despite all this stuff that us, you know, being busy and having yeah. lives <laughs> and not being on top of our game, like we are the most popular alt cast on the Let's Talk Bitcoin network. As far is that as the right? numbers I could tell, it appeared so. That is pretty darn cool. So yeah, thank you yeah. for so listening. We, yeah, we thank all of you for listening. I mean, it's it's really really awesome. And so we're going to find out better ways to interact with everybody. Absolutely. So, but I, I love SoundCloud for interaction. So I mean, if people can get more onto SoundCloud, mm. you know, like follow on SoundCloud, all this good stuff, please do that because it, it really helps out with metrics mm. and uh, the messaging. There's even a private messaging service on there. There's all kinds of great stuff. SoundCloud yeah, is a I think full-featured business. That's where the future is going. There, I agree. There are already SoundCloud competitors that are kind of popping up in the podcasting space. But yeah, um, yeah we'll see what happens. But right now, SoundCloud is definitely above the yeah. rest <laughs> as yeah. far as podcast hosting goes. Anyway, um, Brian... You brought in a controversial <laughs> piece of show prep. I, I can only imagine what talk this about is. It. Uh, how, how is anything I come up with controversial now? You I know, mean- <laughs> our last show, like episode eight, I like, oh my God, we're recording this show, episode nine, right after we recorded episode eight, because right. we're, by the time you hear this, we're going to be on the road, as we said at the beginning of the show. Um, so we haven't gotten any feedback on episode eight yet, but oh my God, I can just imagine the hate mail. Like yeah. it is going to be so offensive and controversial to so many people, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay, you know, because we like to have discussions and we try to keep it, you know, sit above board and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is an opinion show. You know, we're not giving out any any advice. It's just for your entertainment. And yeah, I think really. it does entertain people. Yeah, so. please understand. This is first and foremost entertainment. We're happy to inform yeah. that this is entertainment. Uh, so anyway... With that in mind, um, and Brian, you and I are both of Jewish heritage. We are not religious. No, but we, we are, are ethnically Jewish. Yeah, whatever that means. I mean, I, I'm i still a little hazy on exactly what that is, but all race is kind of like that. Uh, but you brought in this story about is. Israel coin? Israel coin. Israel coin. Yes. Tell me about that. Uh, well, Israel coin is, it's, it reminds me a lot of Aurora coin. And it's, I, I mean, it's the same idea. And this is essentially being, this is not something that the, you know, that the, the Knesset's putting, putting out. It's not something the Israeli government is behind. Mm-hmm. This is just something that an, an independent group of people are doing. It's, it's literally just like Aurora coin, but it's happening in Israel. Okay. And so what's the deal with it? 
Like, uh, do you well, get a coin if you're live in Israel or yeah, something? Yeah, essentially. Now, I mean, Israel doesn't have the same internet penetration that like Iceland does, which mm-hmm. is where Aurora coin is. Like Aurora coin makes a lot of sense because you have 96% internet penetration, meaning that 96% of the population of Iceland mm-hmm. could use Aurora coin. It's a great idea. Uh, Israel doesn't have that high of a number, but Israel is an incredibly high tech country. Uh, in fact, most technology businesses are moving or at least putting mm. up major uh you know uh, businesses you know or factories whatever in uh, in israel now so they're doing an airdrop and 10 percent of the coin is going to be pre-mined and they're giving it to israeli businesses that yeah. express interest in it so it's kind of like it is kind of like what happened with aurora coin in israel i just i thought this was interesting and kind of funny because Cue the conspiracy theories now. Oh, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> right? it, it happens all the time in every group, uh, in every community, Bitcoin community, the Liberty community, you go down the list. Someone comes out and says, oh, here's the Jews. Making their know, own coin. Making their own coin. They're, they're <laughs> right. take, I mean, and this one, you know, the rhetoric for Isracoin is, is similar to, you know, to Bitcoin and, and all the others where it's, you know, well, the banks are kind of in control. Uh, you know, there's like a, there's, there's a, an elite perhaps mm. even, uh, that, that oddly enough that this talks about, which is funny because it says, Hey, you know, there's like 20 families that run all the industry in Israel. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now that's, that's humorous because most people outside of Israel will say, Jews run the world. Right. You know, and, and so it, it's ironic to find that out. And this is what's really important here is that a lot of people don't know, especially that live outside of Israel. And I'm sure we have listeners that are in Israel, but there's a, a very, very, uh, uh, strong sentiment and communities and groups that don't want U.S. intervention in Israel. They want Israel as independent as it could possibly mm, be. Uh, and them. they don't agree with what a lot of what the Knesset does. They don't agree with some. They want peace with Iran. Mm. They want, you know, a lot of people have no idea. Yeah. You know, and... And, <laughs> and actually, there's a pretty active Bitcoin community in Israel. Oh, it's, it's yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, like they've got meetups. They've got all kinds of stuff going on. And I mean, that's great. But like, is this different? I guess the question I want to ask is, is this different than a lot of the other sort of national type currencies? Like there's Spain coin, there's Aurora coin, there's um, Maza coin, which we talked about on the, right. you know, for the Lakota. And like, you know, it, it's kind of... I see it as kind of similar. Like it, it just seems like now everybody is making their own coin. Maybe they're just like, well, we have to keep up and follow suit. Well, if it actually works, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, all these coins can't survive though. That's the no, thing. no, they can't. I don't think all of them. They can't, can, and they may all eventually, you know, put all their what they have. You know, they might just use like Aurora coin. Aurora coin might just end up buying Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it. These are kind of like a, a gateway drug, for lack of a better word, yeah. I think, to get into the cryptocurrency space. And I support that. And I like the idea. I mean, this is every country did this before anyway. You know, I mean, that's yeah. really like. Except like, it was controlled by central bankers. By, by central bankers yeah. or governments. Okay. I mean, like you had the, the what is it, the, the continental yeah. uh, dollar in, in the U.S. You know, I mean, mm. yeah, it failed. But the U.S., you know, quote unquote, had to say yeah. to Britain, we don't use your money. Do you think there are sort of diseconomies of scale? It wouldn't really be diseconomies of scale, but like a cost to this much decentralization. Like I think both of both you and I, Brian, are definitely open to and in favor of altcoins. Yes. But like if every locality has its own coin and the merchants there start getting set up to like accept them and, and everything like that like you got to kind of build a new program and like a new infrastructure for every different coin. And isn't there kind of a cost to that? Like what if they all just kind of, what if everyone just kind of 
mostly use Bitcoin and Litecoin, would that be such a bad thing? No, it wouldn't be a bad thing at or all. Or Doge I, or whatever they want. You yeah, know? I mean, decentralization in the modern world that we live in, which is not free market at all, mm-hmm. uh, decentralization, I think, helps with regionalism. Mm-hmm. It helps with regional adoption. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because uh, people want to use something that's specific to them because they've got that sort of tribalism going on yeah or they just they like to deal locally and and it gives yeah there's there's an attitude that goes along Mm. with it but does that eventually you know lead towards um you know using bigger services sure i mean china came up with all of its own internet services but eventually they allowed for google plus Mm -hmm. to work in there and you know and then you know everybody goes over to that so that happens i have to say i don't really believe in the whole buy local thing this might be a little bit of a tangent but it's economics related the whole buy local movement, which is big up here where we live, New Hampshire, oh, especially Vermont. In Vermont yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's got a bumper sticker that says, think globally, buy locally, which I don't even know what that really means. <laughs> but like you can't get locally grown strawberries in December in New Hampshire. You just can't. No, right, right. At the end of the day, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, you're going to be buying stuff from somewhere else, and is that such a bad thing? Like, I don't really care if my money is going to um, enrich a farmer in Mexico or California versus Vermont. Like, yeah. they're all human beings. Like, does it really matter that they come from a place that's nearer to me? N- no. I mean, I can see how, like, it might save costs sometimes. Like, if it's June and you want to buy strawberries in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. sure, buy them from the person who grows them down the street. It's probably cheaper and better. Well, this is what like with like uh, Wegmans will yeah. will purchase from local farms mm-hmm. when it when it, when it makes them. sense and it, yeah exactly so I think I like the idea I think what a lot of what that buy local has to do with is more about just being mindful of what you're buying where it's coming from mm. you know just more mindful of your consumption and nothing wrong with that sure, you know but that makes but sense. like to have any kind of like regional like rah rah pride I mean yeah that smacks of the NFL to me and I have no interest. Right. And how far do you take it? I mean, like division of labor is a wonderful thing. It allows us to yes, focus on the things that we like. And it's that's why and it's proof not that we're everybody all connected. <laughs> right. And it's it's why not everybody is just a farmer, a subsistence farmer. You exactly. Know? Like we can focus on doing the things we're good at, like making this show or doing voiceovers or doing ad sales or whatever. Right. And we can let someone else worry about producing the food. Right. And sure, there's nothing wrong with being mindful of it. But if you really wanted to take buy local to its ultimate extreme, like you might only purchase everything that was bought, like made in your family or yeah, made I will in your... only grow in my backyard. Right. And that gets, then you're just losing all the benefits that come with division yeah. of labor. Which right? homesteading is cool by the way, but I'm just saying. Yeah, sure. And yeah. if you want, if you like to do that, that's fine too. Yeah. You like, it and you got the time, go for it. Mm-hmm. You know? But, uh, but definitely don't begrudge people for, you know, having other ideas and other choices. Right. So, yeah, anyway, I think we've, we've kind of gotten away from the whole like regional coins thing. But yeah, I thought that was a pretty good discussion. So. Yeah, I, I, I like, again, I mean, back to the regional coins quick. I, I think it's an interesting idea that's worthy of exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of people don't know, you know, just 100, 120 years ago, I mean, there were some odd 1,300 different currencies on the planet. Right. And we were freer then. Mm. That's a fact, in my opinion. Hmm. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out and like how many different currencies there yeah. end up actually being because... Wow, I mean, you know, there's a lot of altcoins now and the problem is not getting any better. You know, like the power to print money or the power to make money is addictive mm-hmm. and it's something that ideally not, nobody should really have. Mm-hmm. That's why gold is so cool because like it's already in the earth. Nobody issues it. Nobody mints it. Sure. You know, they, they can mint coins, of course, but like nobody made the gold, you know, and, right. or decided <laughs> how much there was or how much it was worth. It's just totally a natural process. Yeah. Uh, but... 
you know, I think there are a lot of people who see the success of Bitcoin and they're like, ooh, why can't I do that? You know, this guy Satoshi or this gal or who whoever, this group created a 10, at one point, like almost a, what was it, a 12 billion or $20 billion economy. Right. I'd like to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> sure. If I had a chance to create a $10 billion economy or yeah. even a 10,000 or million dollar economy, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Uh, but well, they're all going to get a lesson in economics and that you have to I, either be first or so. you have to be best. I think so, too. And yeah. if you're neither of those, yeah, too bad. May not survive. Yeah. yeah. It's like, nice try, but there you go. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see which ones survive and how it shakes out. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we had an article that you, another controversial article, Brian, that you brought in. Uh, <laughs> thank you for being my co-host. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> you bring in the best show prep. Thank you for accepting me as I am. <laughs> <laughs> Only zero point for all the baby eating, dog raping propaganda. Oh, you're talking about atheists. About atheists, yes. Right, because that's what they do, or we do. <laughs> Supposedly, like if there was a famous study that came out a couple of years ago in Canada saying that atheists are less trusted than rapists and yeah. like all this horrible stuff, only 0.7% of the federal prison population are atheists that's because the rest that of right? them are lying those dirty liars <laughs> and that's less than the general population yeah right? absolutely like, i just think I, it's a nice dovetail to a couple episodes back where we talked about how prostitutes were getting forced to go to church and it's like yeah. well, clearly it looks like the atheists are the ones that don't end up right. in church maybe you should be taking them to a richard dawkins show instead <laughs> of taking them to church and speaking of that um sex work and prison did you hear about this hawaiian story where the cops have been conducting sting operations ostensibly to catch um yeah kind of undercover work yeah i've, I've heard something about this yes to catch uh, prostitutes in the act and in order to do this you see they just you know they had to take one for the team they had to be yeah. able to have sex with them they had to get their hands dirty yeah exactly <laughs> and other parts too and uh, <laughs> and apparently they were able to do it all under the guise of their job by law by, by, the, law. by the rules of their job yeah being policemen they were and able... then say you're under arrest i mean wow. which is really cruel and nasty i think i mean if you like if you were that sex worker like and you just did it with a cop right and then he was like oh yeah by the way you're under arrest right how terrible would you feel i mean that sounds just... like a porn film this is so crazy <sighs> it's it's hard i mean it's a like horrible a twisted porn film <laughs> power dynamic yeah, yeah that like they didn't agree to be in and I just think that's pretty nasty to tell you the truth. But so, but I guess there were some complaints about this, though. Yeah, and so th what happened was, I guess the Hawaiian legislature or whatever, which so funny because like the history of Hawaii, they used to be independent, and right. anyway, uh, you know, there's people who still like who still believe that it's not like a legit part of the U.S. and everything. But yeah. Anyway, um, so the Hawaii legislature decided that now they're going to have to settle for. Oral and manual types of stimulation so, right, instead so of having full out intercourse with the sex workers. <laughs> all right. Sorry, boys. On the job. You, you can't you can't put it in. You got to You're just going to have to come on. We got to have some standards here, people. Yeah. I mean, this is a proper institution. This is yeah. the state. We need decorum. <laughs> we need to keep things professional here. But it's like, you know, OK, this is ridiculous. First off, prostitution being illegal is ridiculous. But mm -hmm. second off. Frankly, if this law, you know, say I agreed with this, which I don't mm -hmm. really, when the clothes start coming off, that's not close enough. That's not enough to say, hey, okay, prostitution's going on. Yeah. 
This is so in most up. other places. I thought it was like all you had to do was agree on an act and a price. Yeah, or and money has to change hands. Yep, something like that. And it, what is this? Yeah, <laughs> it just seems like completely ridiculous. Like, I, and this is what you get when types of different types of sex work are prohibited. You get these total corruption stories and just abuses of power. I mean, not like any power to regulate uh, consensual transactions between people is legit, but like. But like, I mean, this how, how is... different is this? How different is this from feudalism mm-hmm. in Europe, where you know you had like the right of prima nocta, where the, you know the king or the lord of the area says, "Well, I can have sex with you." Yeah, this is really what this is. This is the power on high saying you get to have sex with them. Yeah, of course now it's just hands and blows. That's a great point. Brian. Okay, but it's like you get to do. I mean, we haven't grown up. You know, yeah. the power is still disgusting power. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still neo-feudalism. We haven't broken away from any kind of uh, any kind of real tyranny. Are you kidding? Tyranny's still here. They get to break down in the books how you can have sex, who and you can have sex with. And it's one set of rules for... Oh, man. One set of rules for the king's men. And no, right, because if you just rules... get the job or the blood, you go to jail, buddy. Right. Or, you know... Who, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the maybe the person that that hired the prostitute, who's not a cop, doesn't go to jail. Mm. Um, but crazy. Yeah, I don't really know what to say about this, but we're done anyway. So Brian, thank you so much. This has been Sex and Science Hour show at sexandsciencehour.com. If we you love your comment. emails. We love your emails. We love all kinds of. We love your listening, and um, please return if you like our show next Thursday. <laughs> and remember, even if you disagree, we can still all have fun. Oh, yeah, I'm having fun. Me too. (laughs) All right, we'll see you next time. You've just heard Sex and Science Hour. Game over. Play again next week. (laughs) 